Made is a movement that celebrates the creative talent from our country, both at home and abroad. It's a call to Canadians to recognize the impact of our actors, writers, directors, game developers, special effects artists, and so many others who make up our vibrant arts, culture, and entertainment industry. You saw a couple of Canadians on the Academy Awards the other night. Uh, Domi Shi, Paul Massey winning uh, big wins at the Oscars. Uh, in studio, we have some other Canadians to talk about what they're up to and Canadian culture in general. Rebecca Lydiard is um, coming to theatre soon in a, a film called Run This Town. Oh, yeah. That's the Rob Ford film. <laughs> yes, it is. And we'll have to uh, talk about that a little bit a little bit later on. Did you work with... with uh, uh, Damien, what's his name, from Billions? Yeah, yeah, Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I had a scene with him, uh, a big city hall scene. It was uh, interesting. He's it, quite the guy. Yeah, and how many hours of makeup did that take? Because he, he weighs about five pounds in real life. It's and, true, yeah. it's true, and it was like a full-body prosthetics deal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many hours. He, he arrived at some <laughs> point in the early hours of the morning, and then he came to set sometime in the afternoon. That's and, all I know. And there you are. Uh, you also have uh, five Canadian Screen Award nominations for the Frankie Drake Mystery Series for yeah, the show. We yeah, that's, do, we do. Congratulations. It's really exciting. Thank you. Um, also in studio is Jerry D. He is doing a tour. You start soon. Yeah, I start this uh, Yeah, this month. And uh, I was saying Lisa, but I kind of come and go. So it's not like I'm on a bus and gone. But Right. 20 years of stand-up uh, cross-country tour, cross-Canada yeah. tour. It's been a while since you did one of these, right? I mean, because you, yeah. you had the television show for so long, right. you were probably anchored uh, a little bit while you were doing that. You couldn't do as much. I did less. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did less. And so now I've been able to spend more time, you know, with dates and writing. And uh, no, it's great. It's it's the first thing that got me in entertainment. So it's nice to go back to my roots, as they say. And Lisa Berry is here. Uh, you were on the new season of Slasher, season three, uh, in an upcoming TV film called The Sisterhood. Mm-hmm. What's The Sisterhood all about? The Sisterhood is lightly, loosely based on a cult that was just recently taken down. And um, it is, it's really, it's really more informative of, you know, how you can get sucked into a world of deception which is really interesting. Sounds fascinating. And a lot of fun. And, and who do you play? I play the cult leader. Do you? <laughs> really? So what I kind do. of research do you do for something like that? Did you watch, you know, old films of Jim Jones and things like that just to get that kind of messianic Not at thing? all. No? I, I actually did not play. She's not a villain. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like she's just somebody who wants to change the world in a, like a really big way. And uh, I mean, she's, she's somebody who thinks like Nelson Mandela went to prison and now he and then he went became president. You right. know what I mean? Like the world is backwards, you know, in so many ways. So I think it was really it was really cool to play a character who you're just like, she never loses. Hmm. <laughs> and when will we see that? Uh, that should be coming out later in the year. All right. We'll uh, keep our eye open for that. So I grew up at a time when uh, Canadian records uh, would be played on the radio and people would say, oh, it sounds like a Canadian record. It sounds, we, we always constantly kind of put our own down uh, for years. 
Canadian film, Canadian television. Um, There's been a huge change in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what were the attitudes, you know, because we have sort of a range of ages here. Mm -hmm. What were the attitudes uh, when you were coming up, perhaps before you were involved in the industry, uh, about Canadian culture and and Canadian film, television and, and music? Mm-hmm. Rebecca, do you? Oh, well, I think the most obvious thing, just hearing you say that, is we hear all the time, oh, it looks Canadian. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it was really good, but it just looks so Canadian. And I have to admit, like, before I became an actor, a full-time actor, I I would go right along with that kind of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just not as good. It just <laughs> looks, it just looks so, you know. And And why do you think that is? Because so often... These shows and movies and, and all that are being shot and and directed by the same people that are making films in every other country of the world. Uh, you know, we 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 have Canadian crews here that work with Guillermo del Toro, that mm. work with everyone else like that, and and yet people still have that attitude. Why do you think that is? You know, uh, I I'm not sure, and I wouldn't say that you know it doesn't look Canadian. I would just argue why is that a problem? It's the same reason, you know, we're we're talking about how it's so important to have the female perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with having a Canadian perspective? And if that means that our the content that we create looks different than American content or the content coming out of the UK, because I would argue all three of them look different. Mm-hmm. Why is that an issue? Why can't we celebrate it instead of uh, making it a negative? Lisa? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I Growing up, before I was a full-time actor myself, I subscribed to, it looks Canadian, it doesn't look mm-hmm. as cool. But I think that was just because I was really, really, really conditioned. And, you know, for me, as as a young black you know, kid trying to look to TV, I was just like, it, you know, even now, you know, we're starting to make changes. But when you don't see yourself, you're not really going to look for it. So I wasn't really trying to watch a lot of Canadian TV because I felt so excluded from it. And then, you know, you have the Americans and I was like, I have to watch The Cosby Show. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I have yeah. to watch Degrassi yeah. or like, you know, Degrassi was one, probably one of the only shows that I was like, I like it, even well, though it's Canadian. <laughs> well, Degrassi felt uh, like it represented the... the yeah. The, the country that it was made in. Mm-hmm. So for me, it wasn't so much like the look of it. It was probably more the fact that I just didn't feel included in the stories. But when I look back, like I just saw this thing of Catwalk. Do you remember that show? Nope. Do you yeah. Remember that show? Who was no? in no. Catwalk? Somebody. Because Nev Campbell was Nev in that Campbell show. Was that, in Nev that Campbell show. was yeah. in that show. That was like back in the day, like when you see like Breaker High. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan uh, Gosling doing yeah. doing his shenanigans in that show. But it's like I remember watching that show, and I was just like, I watched that show because there was a black girl on it. Mm. And when I look at all of the Canadian shows that I was like, oh, yeah, I got into that show, there was a black person on it. And if I didn't, it's because there were really no black people in it. Like, that's really kind of how I subconsciously was making my decisions because I just wanted to feel like I was a part of it in some kind of way, even if it was an older man, but he at least had, you know, he was black or, you know, an older woman or a younger woman or whichever. Even if I couldn't relate, there was somebody closer. Well, to it, it speaks to the importance of, of seeing yourself represented yeah. on screen of, of inclusive, inclusivity and, and diversity on film. Yeah. So that's film. what the Canadian version probably meant for me growing up that made a change. Because now I love actually Canadian content. Mm-hmm. Like, I love your show. Oh, like, I, I love your show. <laughs> I was like, this is the funniest show I've ever seen. I was like, every, like, laugh out loud as good as Modern mm-hmm. Family kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, wow, we are making some really good stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. and Jerry, so yeah, when you were growing up, though, what well, was your attitude you. about it? Well, I, I wasn't in the industry, so I literally was a teacher and yeah. and just watched television. So when I, you know, I remember sitting with Jacob Tierney, one of our directors, who's very well known in the industry and yep. grew up in it. Yeah, his dad was his Kevin Tierney. Yeah, yeah, yeah he unfortunately just passed away. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'd sit at lunch and on set and... I didn't know a director he was talking about. I didn't know a writer he was talking right. about. I didn't know a film he was talking about. He would laugh. But, you know, I grew up in sports. I grew up in teaching. So I just, I was a viewer is all right. I was. And, um, you know, entered this industry through stand-up comedy. But I think for me, that this all goes back to not having a star system. And I think that to me is the biggest question and, and, and uh, concern, if you want, as to why we can't, be treated the same. Our quality is as good. I think our budgets are smaller on certain mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, for a comedy, we would have five writers and, and Modern Family would have 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to look different. And I sure that correlates to a, a better lighting budget, a better budget for this and that. But I think, you know, you pop a star, a Matt Damon or, or uh, Chris Rock onto any of our shows, it doesn't look Canadian. People don't say it looks mm-hmm. Canadian anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we got to go back to creating trying to find a way to create a star system. We have it in Quebec. Yep. It's huge. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I think it goes back to years and years of things we've never probably done right at the beginning. But to me, this goes back to not having a star system. It is interesting because we've, we have big Canadian stars. Most of them don't live or work here anymore, Jim Carrey, Christopher mm-hmm. Plummer, people like that. Uh, but And the question's why. And the that, question's and why. But right. I, I think that for a certain generation, there was nothing for them to do here after a certain point. I think that's changed, though, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that there's there's enough work here now. Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're shaking your head. Yeah. No, I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Yes. I'm agreeing. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's absolutely true. And there's still, um, as an actor, at least uh, an actor who's like a 20-something, um, who's still fairly early in her career, I still feel a lot of pressure to leave. Mm. Um, you know, like, why aren't you going to L.A.? These kind of questions. Why aren't you going to New York? And and I I guess I just ask these people like I have made a really great start here yeah. in in Canada and I have I'm making a a really comfortable living for myself and I you know I have access to really cool projects and uh, you know you're telling me that I should be leaving but I I don't know if you know why you're telling me that yeah I mean I, I it, it's funny I have talked to actors. Uh, over the years who have told me uh, that they'll move to L.A., get a gig down there. They want to be back here, though, but once they get a gig down there, all of a sudden they're more in demand here. Has that ever, yeah? Especially in comics with comedy. And I think that, um, you know, I would tend to disagree a little bit. There's essentially three places to take a show here, so I look at it from a creator point of view. Mm. There's not a lot of possibilities to bring a show so you can try you've got cbc who are wonderful with canadian content you've got ctv and bell who's doing a lot of great things with crave and canadian content you've got global and you've got shaw for you know you'll you know right now i don't know if global's doing comedy for example in yeah. my in my world so in the states oh my gosh you've got tons of opportunity true it, tv amazon yeah hulu Red, YouTube, all those hulu. things yeah, yeah you've got so many places so from a comedic point of view for where I look at comedy, because I don't live in the drama world, which is very different, um, 
I, I don't find there's as many opportunities here. You can pitch to three, four places, and then, all right, that's it, you know? When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with my guests, Rebecca Lydiard, Lisa Berry, and Jerry D. and we'll talk about 20 years of stand-up cross-country tour. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. We're talking about MADE. It's a movement that celebrates the creative talent from our country, both at home and abroad. And we have three prime examples of Canadian talent here who are all busy, uh, who are all making great, great television and film. Rebecca Lydiard is here. You'll soon see her in Run This Town, uh, a.k.a. the Rob Ford film. Uh, Also, uh, you see her every week on the Frankie Drake Mysteries. Uh, Jerry D is here. 20 years of stand-up cross-Canada tour uh, begins this month. You'll be able to see him uh, in cities big and small across the country. We'll talk about uh, uh, your television show, which I, I hosted a thing with you yeah. at uh, JFL last yeah. year, right? Yeah. And and super fun, you know, talking about the show. And what I loved was uh, we did this live panel show, and the audience was so into it. They had references that, you know, uh, they were throwing throwing out references from the show that I don't even think you guys knew uh, on the panel. It was crazy. Yeah, Your fans were uh, big time you know, into it, that. It's great. And I think that's happening more in Canadian television. You know, you look at, you know, you look at a Murdoch Mysteries type show, which is, you know, 12 plus seasons or, um, you know, those, you know, that, that mm-hmm. cast, you know, the following and they have a huge following and in comedy, we have a few that are doing that as well. And, um, we were lucky. We were, we were on a long time, which mm-hmm. helps. I think if you get one or two seasons, it's tough. Yeah. But once you get into the fourth, fifth season of a show, if you're lucky, and, and uh, you know, you'll get a following. But in Canada, we're we're very happy with the fact that people will say that um, you know we will we will hold our own against American comedies, and that's the you know that's a I don't know why, but that's kind of great to hear. Um, and I think that's happening with Schitt's Creek and it's happening with Working Moms and it's happening with Letterkenny. These shows are not only working in Canada, they're working in the States. And, um, you know, that's exciting. And, and I think having fans is, is, is great and uh, connecting with them like we did that night. And Lisa, you've been on a lot of fan favorite shows. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at Lost Girl, you're on Mr. D, uh, 912, a show that we were obsessed with. Uh, or 192, uh, rather. Yeah, I always I call like, it 192. Uh, <laughs> a show that we were obsessed with around uh, my house. Um, the Firm, Combat Hospital. Um, tell me a little bit about Slasher Season 3. This is where we're going to see you next. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, there's a Druid on the Loose, and I play a detective who is desperately trying to solve the murder. And I want to make sure that I do a really good job this time because I was not my best self the first time around. Mm. I'm sorry, did you say a druid? Yes. Mm. I kind of let that go by, (laughs) but... uh... (laughs) There's parties and there's, you know, without giving too much away, without giving too much away, there's parties and there's a lot of different types of people living in. And it's a a supernatural detective story is what we're talking about. Uh, No, it's not a supernatural kind of story. It's just, just, it's it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just. I don't know what a druid is. Yeah, it's, (laughs) okay, well, a druid is like a a guy dressed in a druid kind of costume like you would see in like Slasher or Scream or something like that. And so I'm kind of trying to track him down and figure out where it is that, uh, and is, is that shot here in Toronto? Is. 
that was shot in Hamilton. In Hamilton. Yeah. They. I mean, just seeing even a little bit of it, I'm just blown away by just because it was so guerrilla style. You mm-hmm. know, like that's what a lot of Canadian content is, too, is like we're just like, let's just make it. It's a great idea. It's a great story. And so uh, this one, like the, the season three takes place in its own building and it's all situated there. And so it's all the residents of the building who oh, are, cool. who yeah. are, whose lives are threatened. And I'm just like trying to make sure I find this killer before anybody else dies. And I was there a year ago when one murder happened and then another murder happens. And I'm like, oh, and I wasn't as good a cop. <laughs> but Let's great. just say so first time around. Slasher season three. Where will people see this? Netflix. Netflix. Netflix is spending a lot of money here. Yeah. Netflix. Uh, have you done work for Netflix, Rebecca? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've done, I did uh, Slasher season two mm-hmm. and uh, Alias Grace was on Netflix. That's right. And, uh, oh, I did a show called Between back in the day. That was uh, one of the first oh, like heard Canadian what, Netflix what's between? shows. Well, it's it's not anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, but we did two seasons of a show that was uh, it was for City TV and Netflix, and it was about a um, like an epidemic, but it uh, or a virus, a virus, but it only killed people over the age of eighteen <laughs> or nineteen or something. And so you were sixteen so or it, something, yeah, right? It yeah. was a town of teenagers <laughs> who were. Incredibly traumatized and on the loose. <laughs> oh wow! Um, but we got two seasons. You know, it wasn't bad. It had it had um, uh, like the, it had some integrity. Yeah. There were some bones there. I and... love it. Well, I like that in, in Canada. One of the things that we do well, I think, is take uh, kind of supernatural themes and and mm. and put a little spin on them. And I think part of it is that we don't have giant special effects budgets, so we have to figure out how to make them interesting in other ways. And we do that with story. And I'm thinking of movies like mm. Ginger Snaps and and that, which which reinvent. Uh, these kind of themes for a, a, a new audience. I like that. Mm-hmm. And a town of teenagers. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if it's a place I'd want to live in, frankly. But you know uh, what? But it was a huge. It had a huge fan following yeah. because guess what? Like teenagers consume a lot of television, right. and they like to see themselves, you know, in this like kind of fantasy no parents world. <laughs> Now, Jerry, you were a teacher before doing this. You were doing stand up at night yeah. sort of thing. You'd you know you'd send the kids home, go to the clubs. Yeah. How did you make the leap from uh, that? Because you could have been a teacher. I mean, that was a career for you. You, you yeah, you, yeah, it was the plan. It yeah. was uh, you know I I without giving this too long of a story about where I got into stand up, I kind of felt stand up pulled me into it it was like one of those things everywhere I went it was I was able to make people laugh where I worked at the keg or where I was a teacher or the kids or the staff and then I was working at the keg when another waiter was doing amateur night so it just kind of got pulled in that way but you know I was waiting tables at the keg oh yeah Yeah. 10 years I started in the dish pit and then I moved my way up but um and it's a great you know waitering it, it is a great there's a lot of actors. There's a lot of people. In I, did, that I did 15 years behind a bar. Yeah, yeah it's a great, it's a great time. But I, uh, when I started stand up, I thought, what's the end game here? And the end game for any stand up is, well, if I could follow what Tim Allen did right. or Jerry Seinfeld or Brent Bott, you know, you get on stage, you have an act, and then you build it around. So that was from day one, the hope. 
and that was kind of what where it ended up. And you know what? We'll pick up that story on the other side of this commercial. Uh, we've got great talent in the studio. Jerry D, you just heard his voice. Look for his 20 years of stand-up cross-Canada tour starting this month. Lisa Berry, you'll see her in The Sisterhood, an upcoming TV film soon, and on Slasher Season 3. And Rebecca Lydiard is here. Look for her every week on the Frankie Drake Mysteries. We'll be back. We're talking about MADE, a movement that celebrates the creative talent from our country at home and abroad. Uh, it's a call to Canadians to recognize the impact of our actors, writers, directors, game developers, special effects artists, and so many others who make up our vibrant arts and culture scene. We have three of those people in studio. Rebecca Lydiard is here. Uh, watch her every week on Frankie Drake Mysteries, and you can see it on... If you miss it on television. You can see it on the CBC streaming app called Gem. There we go. Jerry D is here. We were just talking to Jerry about uh, how he made the leap from a waiter at the keg to stand up. We'll finish that story in a sec. Uh, you can see him this starting this month in 20 years of stand-up cross Canada tour. And Lisa Berry is here. You'll see her on The Sisterhood, an upcoming TV film soon. Uh, also, Slasher, season three. Uh, so, Jerry, you were... You're, you're a waiter at the keg. You're doing yeah. open mic nights. I'm teaching. Yeah. And uh, I started open mic nights, and uh, which is horrible. It's it's the worst. Um, I Waiting don't know around I all night to do five minutes. And bombing and yeah. bombing and bombing. and But then you get one laugh, and you're like, okay, that pulls you back. It's So uh, the the big turn for me was I, I went to the States. There was this uh, international comedy competition, and I was teaching, and I entered it. And it was in San Francisco, and everybody had done it. Ellen, Dane Cook, right. Louis C.K., Robin Williams, Dana, Dana Carr. It, it's a who's who of American comedians started there. And um, so I said to my principal, I'm, I'm this stand-up thing's kind of taken off a little bit. I'd like to go try this. I'll probably be gone in a week. You know, yeah. I don't need pay. Like, So he was very accommodating because my stand-up crew was going. And anyway, I went there. And I won that, and that and that changed things for me. And comics were like, "You still work? Like this is crazy." Right, you've got a day job. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I immediately went home, took a sabbatical, which I never went back to. And then the big change for me was Last Comic Standing, mm. when I got uh, I had some success on that. And then I came back, and then I had a bit of you know heat, as they say in our in in, in comedy anyway, that I could pitch. And I pitched the show and it got passed on and then I pitched it to another network. It got passed on. Then I went back to the first network and they agreed and then they passed on the pilot. Then they did another pilot and then we picked the pilot. And then it was like, no, 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 10 times. Yeah. And then, you know, I just kept talking to them and believing in it and things lined up. So that was kind of the path. It was never the plan, you know, to be an actor. Lisa, do you think... Uh, that persistence, of, as per Jerry's story, uh, is part of the thing that will make you successful in this country. You have to just keep banging your head against the wall. Oh, you? yeah. I mean, I just loved what you said, everything you just said there, because I, I was like, oh, my goodness, for anybody listening, just hear how many times he had to, like, get back up and get back up and get back fall up. Fall down six times, you know, get up seven. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think it's I think you absolutely have to be persistent with everything because the temptation to quit is going to be greatest mm -hmm. right before a breakthrough. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. quit after the open mics, you never would have gotten to no, the competition. It, it, and, and not get bitter because people yeah. now get bitter. I see comics and actors go on Twitter. Their show's canceled. They didn't get they get bitter. And that's mm -hmm. it. You're, you're, you don't get the damage you're causing. You have to, you know, just stay the course, realize it's a business. 
um, I never got bitter. I never, I knew this, like there's, networks get a hundred pitches a week. Yeah. Like literally. <laughs> and you, there's maybe three spots. Mm-hmm. And that's drama. And, like there's, yeah. there's a, it's a tough competition. It's amazing to get, that anything gets made at all. hundred percent. And then to stay on is even harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lisa, what was your break? What, do, what, what was it when you said, oh man, I can actually make a living doing this? Was you know there what? a time when you realized it? I realized it actually pretty early because for me, what just getting to the final rounds of an audition when when I got into the business because I had, my friends were daring me to audition for The Lion King because they're like, you should go, you sing, you could totally do it, you act like a crazy person anyways. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, great, sure. Let's just, let's just calm you guys down and I'll go just to prove you wrong. I'm like, you got to have some real talent to do this stuff. So I'm just right. going to go, fall on my face, and then you guys, we can go for ice cream afterwards. And then I ended up getting a callback and another callback. And then, I, you know, people start putting contracts in front of your face. And I was like, you can make how much? <laughs> I said, what now? I did not know. You could say what? And so from my perspective. And a show I, like that is prolonged employment. Like yeah. You're and be they're like, and it's while. like you'd be looking at like a two-year contract. I was like, two years at this much. This does not look like what they told me actors made. <laughs> you know, like I don't make this much doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. And so I kind of dropped everything. I was like, I'm going to go to theater school. <laughs> if I could make it this far so with just nothing. You didn't grow up. With the idea of being an actor? No, 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 no. no. What did you I, think you would be? I, I don't know. I truly was that kid who, yeah. you know, I just, I was really shy and really nervous. I clung to my mother's arm and leg, like I was, you know, I'm the baby of the of the yeah, family. Yeah. So I was definitely like coddled in a way that makes you really take your time in figuring out who you are and who you want to be. And I let people tell me who I was for so long. And I was like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've I've always been that person who's had like personality and who's, you know, funny. And people were just like, you're so funny everywhere you go. And, you know, you can tell a story really, really well. And I was like, oh, well, okay. And, uh, And so when I finally was just like, sure, let me just go and do this Thing and see what happens and I make it as far as I did I was just like let me just see if I could even in a small world chance possibly make even a dollar if I at least make back theater school money right. yeah 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 right like <laughs> I kind of put that in my head I I will consider myself a wild success and my mother was just like hey man it's a tough business but I think you could do it and I was like and my mother is not somebody who would you know, push her cub. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You know, knowingly into a field that she's just like, you ain't going to make it, honey. And baby, I know you. You know what I mean? Like, she is not that person. She's just like, no, I think you, and I think you got, you know, talent. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just kept going and very much like, like you, I was just constantly going, okay, you got to have to really have a new mind frame around this because when those disappointments come, and they will come, and they, and they will come and they will continue to come. You know, I was reading something where even like J Lo was just like, I have millions of albums, and yet I wonder if anybody will like the next song that I right. put out. And right. you're just like, yeah, because we're still artists creating and creating from a place of where we're at, like what's present for us. You know what I mean? Which is why I'm sure a lot of comedians are like, man, I made it. Now I ain't got no jokes. You know what I mean? Right. It's like life ain't hard. Yeah, you know? that's right. Like, yeah. I got yeah. what I want, and so you know, we're constantly creating from from that place of becoming that we are always kind of putting ourselves out there where we feel vulnerable. I, I think you're right. Guillermo del Toro, who makes all his movies in Canada, uh, told me that uh, he always thinks and approaches every job like it's going to be his last one. 
no matter what. Wins an Academy Award. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it through and, and, mm-hmm. and ever get hired again. So that is something I think kind of remarkable. Rebecca, mm-hmm. what was your, you've been acting for a long time and you are a young person. So was this something <laughs> that you always wanted to do? Um, I mean, yes. And, and to be fair, I haven't been acting like full time for like, like since I was a child. Right. I started when I was in my 20s when I had graduated school. Um, I, I, I did want to do it when I was a kid, but I went through a long period of, oh, no, don't worry, mom. I'm going to be a botanist. No, <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to be an architect now. I'm going to be a botanist because I'll make a fortune doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plant scientist. <laughs> um, and then when it came down to it, when I was, you know, finishing up high school, I went to her or both my parents and was like, oh, sorry, I only applied to theater programs. So that's happening. Right. Um, luckily, I got in to, to one. Um, so I went here, I uh, went to school here in Toronto at Ryerson and um, yeah, left school, did a bit of, you know, waiting yeah. uh, tables and uh, I worked at a... Um, like a phone. Uh, oh, like telemarketer. Telemarketing. Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> I, I probably really didn't pick it. up the phone dozens of times <laughs> when you were calling. <laughs> but if you did, I bet you stayed on. I was on there. Um, so, yeah, I did that. And uh, I'm a very uh, I'm a very risk-averse person. Mm. Um, so I was obsessed with this idea, like, if I'm going to do this, I have to have money in the bank and I have to have a plan. Right. And that has served me in some ways. It hasn't in others. But um, I got my first big break, I guess, with my first big couple of breaks with Shaftesbury, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge production yep, company in, here in, in Toronto, in Toronto. And, and in Canada. And they do, like, amazing things for mm-hmm. Canadian yep. talent. So I did a web series with them called Mislabeled. Uh, which is still on YouTube. It's still there. And that was like, uh, we had no money, also very guerrilla style. Well, we filmed, I think we did like 40 pages a day on that show. And when we come back, we'll find out what that means, because I don't know if people know how much that is. Uh, and we'll do that with our guests, Rebecca Lydiard, Lisa Berry, and Jerry D. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I am welcoming in studio Rebecca Lydiard. You can see her in Run This Town. That's coming to theaters soon. It's the Rob Ford film. You can also see her on the Frankie Drake Mysteries. Uh, Lisa Berry is here. She'll be on the new season of Slasher. That's season three. And in a film called The Sisterhood. And Jerry D is here. Look for him coming to your town soon in uh, his stand-up tour. It's called 20 Years of Stand-Up it's called 20 Years of Stand-Up Cross-Canada Tour. And we're talking about Canadian art. We're talking about uh, making a living as a Canadian artist and staying here doing it. And we're doing that in connection with MADE. It's a movement that celebrates the creative talent from our country at home and abroad. And you were just talking about one of your first jobs, sort of a big break. And you said we filmed a guerrilla style, which is something that Lisa referred to earlier. It seems <laughs> to be kind of the Canadian way of shooting stuff often, yeah. uh, which I think is kind of cool and exciting. But you were shooting 40 pages a day. And I cut you off at that point so that we could come back on this side of the break and talk about what that means. Sometimes on a on a giant film, you'll do a page a day. You'll do two pages a day. Yeah. Sometimes not even. 40 pages a day from a script is 
is a lot. lot. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, on a a Canadian TV show, we probably do more like 10 pages a day, which is considered a lot. Uh, Again, because we're trying to do with a lot, a, a lot with very little. And so that was a web series. And this is it's a model that Shaspery has kind of developed. They have another show called Carmilla, mm-hmm. which is like has a cult. It, it, like a giant millions following. Yeah. Millions it's a of vampire followers. show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's the same style. You have one or two cameras and you just shoot like 30 episodes in a couple of days. And it's very cost efficient, but like the return mm-hmm. on the investment, you know, for getting into the business model is huge and it's really effective. And we do that here in Canada. And I don't, I, I haven't seen anything like that anywhere else in the world. Well, I'll tell you, you know, from pitching shows both here and in the United States, uh, we are able to make shows at a more economical way than down there. Like a talk show that I pitched in the U.S. once, uh, I was told that we could do, oh, we could probably uh, bang this out for a couple hundred grand an episode if we if we do it cheaply. Mm-hmm. And I thought in Canada, we could do it for $6,000 <laughs> if we do it cheaply. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, that, that's the difference. And, you know, they'd look pretty much the same. I mean, but on some level, I go, that's that's a little bit of part of the problem is that the Canadian offers it up. It's like, man, we could do what you do on on this show for for nothing. And you're like, no, actually, we cannot. We are stretching ourselves thin and we are making it work. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is if you had time, like I, I use like, you know, a movie like Black Panther as an example where they gave themselves the time to put excellence at every level of it. And, and you saw see that how reflected at the Academy Awards. A show like that gets reflected. You, you could just see how everybody is like, we have to give you an award. We have to do something. That is like beyond. But if you cut her budget in half, you know, if you cut what they were going to do for, for sound in half, if you cut what they were going to do for, costumes. you know, costumes in half or for casting in half, we're like, let's not get the actors that we'd have to pay X amount for. Let's get the ones that we get who can do half as good a job or just as good a job for cheap, but we're not going to give them the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So we're never going to have rehearsal. Like there's a part of the everything gets pulled out a little bit more in the States so that you can breathe through, you know, actually creating something with a vision. Because when everybody gets to have a vision within their, and maybe I'm wrong, I've never really been a creator at the helm of something before, but it's like when everybody, in film and TV, mm-hmm. when everybody has of a say where, you know, the artist is putting in just as much towards the vision as the creator is putting into the vision as the sound guys are putting into their creation. Like, I mean, working on a show where everybody gets to be a part of it, you see that. You see it when somebody is given the time and the money and the resources to literally rise to the occasion. And that, I think, is where we're actually getting ahead now. So it's kind of like instead of perpetuating this story of like we can do it for cheap it's kind of like you know you got the money and you're already getting it for cheap because our dollar is making it that you're getting it for cheap just go for quality rather than because everybody's trying to pump out a whole bunch of stuff that it's like if you actually go to make quality stuff it will stand the test of time like mr d is a show that someone's going to find on netflix and be like what and it's going to have a resurgence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's going to be funny now. It's going to be funny in five years. It's going to be funny 20 years from now. It's going to be funny in like 100 years because, I mean, for me, your jokes are just like cut through to the truth. You know, that you're like, we're always 
you know, like Shakespeare, going to be dealing with ego and drama right. and sense, being vulnerable and sensitive in front of others. Just primal stuff Just that never primal goes away. primal stuff that never goes away. And it's like, if you were given half the amount of money, would you have been able to have done the same show? Well, thank you for the kind words, by the way. But, you know, we would write, you write, as writers, you write what you want. And then I was also a producer, so I could stop things in the writer's room and go, yeah, we can't, we can't get a Corvette. Right. Yeah, yeah, States, yeah. you don't have that. So if you <laughs> want, what if what if the character, you know, jumps out of a plane? It, that's not happening. Right. You know, what if we want to see a plane that we can't go to get a plane? Like, so you are constricted, and that's everything in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, that where you, some some shows have bigger budgets. Um, but, but I think it pushes you're at you the to mercy be, as a creator in that. But it, 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 Terry Gilliam told me a story once about uh, making the Holy Grail movie. And he said he wanted to have a scene where the horse, King Arthur comes over a hill on horseback. And uh, they only had a million bucks to make the movie. And it was going to cost $25,000 or something to get the horses there. And so he said, oh, forget that. Put them all on broomsticks. And they had someone with a coconut following behind them, making the clomping <laughs> sign. He goes, now it's the scene that everyone remembers from the movie. If I'd had the money, uh, no one would remember a thing about that scene. But you it's use not, your imagination not, it, and, yeah, and you yeah. can do better I things. I don't think it's an excuse. We've seen some great. U.S., British, Canadian films, movies, shows that didn't have big budgets. Mm-hmm. So it's it comes down to uh, the, the talent on mm-hmm. screen, the talent behind the cameras. Um, there's some great stuff that's been shot at very... So it, I don't think it's an excuse for anything. But, uh, you know, when we do uh, some, some FX stuff... Yeah, we're like, we, we can't afford that. That's right. so you just you just you do either quasi FX yeah. or you just take it out or rewrite it. Yeah, right. we, we've only got a few minutes left, and I want to make sure uh, people know where to find everybody here. So, Jerry, your tour starts this month. It's called 20 Years of Stand Up Cross Canada Tour. Um, is it a whole new hour? Is it a, no. sort of a greatest hits? Yeah, what? well, it's not a greatest hits, and you know, stand up's tricky because you still have new people coming, mm-hmm. and so you kind of want to do some stuff that maybe is kind of fresh and a little bit older and then you want to do new stuff for the people that come so i always say it's just a mix because you you're not going to please everybody and you also can't you know i've, I've got bits that took six years to write well i was going to say I, I read somewhere the other day that you said there's a bit yeah, that you were my, doing that took first, six years yeah my to first write. sort of bit about this kid bruno that couldn't read very well uh, is is took six years i kept adding layers mm-hmm. and then when i finally shot my first dvd it had been six years in the making. So, you know, with, with, I can't do that as much now. And now, you know, I can focus more on stand up until right. I see what happens with TV and film, but it does take a while. So, um, but you also get better, you know, uh, like acting, you get better over time. So, you know, I've gotten better in the last six years, but I haven't been able to take six years for one bit. Right. Uh, Lisa, so we've talked about uh, Slasher, season three, the sisterhoods coming up. Anything else you want to make sure that people know about? You know, I'm really a person who always wants to take a minute, if you're ever going to give me a platform, just to say, if you're if you're listening right now, just take a deep breath and breathe. Yeah. <laughs> we all get so anxious and there's just so much energy happening and yeah. things are moving so fast. And just to take a minute for yourself and just calm things down within yourself so that you can just be in the moment. And watch the sisterhood. Be in the moment and watch the sisterhood. I know that's just even creepy now that you know I just said that and you're like, and now let us all join together (laughs) and take a breath and don't forget to watch the sisterhood. And Rebecca, uh, the Frankie Drake mysteries is a big hit. Yes. Uh, And how are are you loving it? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, so we've got two seasons that you can see on Jam, which uh, the CBC app. And we're still waiting to hear about season three, but we're very excited yeah. about, you know, the future. And, um, yeah, I just finished working on a really cool... A dramatic mini series that's got our friend Christopher Plummer in it. Wow. Uh, some other amazing Canadian talent, Christopher Holden Reed. I love that guy. Punjabi. It's a co production with the UK, so uh, lots of your favorite British actors will be in there as well. And um, it's thrilling, and hopefully that'll be coming out in the spring. What happens summer. when Christopher Plummer walks on set? Uh, Does the earth change a little takes bit? Takes a while. I yeah. Mean, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Everyone's like, here, here he comes. We'll grab, go to craft for a couple minutes. Take. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna keep your ants. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're just older. That's all. That's all that joke is about. I, I know. My dad's that age. I <laughs> here comes dad. And then run this town. Uh, yeah. See this soon. Who do you play? Um, I play the girlfriend of Rob Ford's intern. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I play a like a like an assistant at City Hall. Yeah. Um, which is where it takes place. Although you know what? It's actually it's about all these people around Rob. Ford. Yeah, it's not really about Rob Ford. It's no. sort of about the the moment that all that was happening it's in a, the city. Yeah, yeah, and it's about like all these actually young people that were around him who were kind of dealing with this mess that right. he made and um, all these people, these young people that were in this system like trying to handle this big story and uh, anyway, it's it's a really fascinating film about about Toronto and about being a millennial. Mm -hmm. um, Ricky Tolman wrote and directed it and he's done a fantastic job. It will be coming, I know it's doing like the festival circuit, yeah. so yeah. I don't know when the world will yeah. be able to see it anytime they want, uh, but it is coming, it is coming. And we'll all keep an eye open for it. Thank you all so much uh, for you. being here. Uh, again, look up MADE uh, online and you'll find out all about this movement that celebrates creative talent from our country, both at home and abroad. And we have had three fine examples here. Rebecca uh, Lydiard, uh, Lisa Berry, and Jerry D. Thanks so much to all of you. Thanks to you for listening. And thanks to Chris Kant on the board. We'll talk to you again next week.